This is the Concealed Carry Podcast, episode number 369. And welcome to the Concealed Carry Podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network. I am your host, Riley Bowman, and I have with me Matthew Marister. Of course. Glad to be here. No fancy title today. No. You've been demoted. <laughs> I like that, though. <laughs> so, actually, I, I probably would have been done doing the episode with Jacob today, but uh, Jacob's occupied. And, uh, in fact, our, our website was down today, which that always frankly sucks when it happens uh and it happens from time to time that's the nature of of a business where you have a website that is a very complex website with a lot going on and uh and and you know hundreds of thousands of people visiting it every month so it went down last night and it's taken most of the day to get it back up so if you've if you tried to go to our website today and it didn't work, we apologize, but it should be working again. And Jacob was working really hard on that, and he has some other things he's got to take care of. So he is he is MIA from today's episode. So we had to settle for Matthew. Lowly yes. demoted Matthew. It's okay, man. You guys are used to it. <laughs> <laughs> so what's up? Um, today's episode, we are talking about myth or fact... Myth or fact, revolvers are more reliable than semi-automatics. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. This will be a fun discussion. Yep. Because uh, this is something that is said all the stinking time. People are like, oh, get a revolver. It's more reliable. You know, or they, they see an article or a video or something where a semi-auto malfunctions. Well, my revolver doesn't do that. <laughs> so we're going to talk about that. It's going to be fun. Um, today's episode is sponsored by Guardian Nation. Check out guardiannation.com to learn more, of course. Now, many of you listening should be familiar, probably are familiar with Guardian Nation, probably tired of hearing about it. But guys, it is like one of the main things that sustains the business here at concealedcarry.com, to be frank. And uh, well, we think it's pretty awesome. We, we, are ship, we are shipping right now, actually, as I speak, this week. Packages are going out for this quarter's Guardian Nation members box. And by box, we use that term very loosely. The idea started when we launched Guardian Nation, it was kind of all the rage at the time, these membership boxes that you could subscribe to and you pay usually something every month. And then every month you get something sent to you. Well, to be honest with you, we just didn't want to put together boxes every month. It sounded like a big pain in the butt. And also we kind of thought, well, hey, it'd be cool to do something bigger, you know, but just less frequently. And so once every quarter, we send a box. Sometimes it comes in a box, sometimes it comes in a package, you know, like a vinyl or not vinyl, but you know, like plastic or like a, like a bubble envelope or mailer or this month, everything actually fits in kind of like an envelope. So that's kind of weird, right? But actually has inside stuff that'll allow you to obtain over $160 worth of product, I believe. So yeah, Mm -hmm. why aren't you a member? Qualifying members receiving their packages this week, maybe into early next week as they, it takes a few days for us to get all these put together and out the door. So Guardian Nation, that's just one amazing benefit. There's all kinds of members only training materials online. There is a special 
uh, members only Facebook group. There's all kinds of cool things available to Guardian Nation members. So you should join if you aren't already a member. GuardianNation.com. Today's episode also sponsored by Mantis X. We love Mantis X. It's a really cool revolutionary product. And I'll tell you the thing too with Mantis X, with the company, they continue to innovate and release new and even cooler stuff. And I've caught wind of some stuff that's coming here in the near future as well. And it's pretty exciting. So I think it's awesome to see a company like this continue to make cool stuff, innovate, adapt, all of that. Make things smaller too. Like the, the latest, the uh, the original Mantis X is still great, but there's also the X3 and the X10, yeah. which the capabilities, yeah, Matthew's got the, is that the X3 or X10? X10. X10. Yeah, the good one. <laughs> yeah, the X3 and X10 look pretty much the same. The, uh, the, the, the you know, the form factor and the size and everything uh, is, is identical, but the what's inside is, you know, a little, a little bit more magical in the case of the X10. Anyway, super cool stuff. Already available for Mantis X and cool stuff coming too. I highly recommend taking a look at Mantis X, even if it's just the original Mantis X. Uh, I learned a lot about my own shooting and particularly my trigger press by using Mantis X. So head over to concealedcarry.com forward slash Mantis X to learn and, more and check it out. Yeah, and uh, the Mantis X will probably be what discounted maybe in the Black Friday sale. I don't know. I uh, think that's true. Normally we do that and be a good time. And you mentioned the gun giveaways and everything like that. If you are a Guardian Nation member, you're automatically entered into the gun giveaway for the Black Friday sale. So very, very cool. There you go. Yeah. yeah, that is cool. And Jacob clarifies for us here, we do have a Black Friday sale. He's commenting, by the way, on YouTube for those that are listening to this after the fact. Jacob uh, mentions that the Black Friday sale starts for us next week. And it starts early for Guardian Nation members, 12 a.m. on Thanksgiving Day for Guardian Nation members, and 12 a.m. Friday, Black Friday, for the general public. And there will be special deals available for everybody. That's a really cool thing. Totally different this year. In the years past, it's been Guardian Nation members only. But we decided to tweak things a little bit this year. So we hope that you'll check out the Black Friday sale. Just be watching our site next week. Uh, Again, 12 a.m. on Thanksgiving Day for Guardian Nation members and 12 a.m. on Friday for everybody else. And you've purchased, you're entered into the gun giveaway. Super, super cool. Um, In fact, I think, is it FN that we're working with on the gun? I think so. Yeah, I think so. That'd be cool. Stay tuned. So today's episode... Myth or fact, revolvers are more reliable than semi-autos. Hmm. Where'd this come from? Well, recently uh, we saw online uh, a couple of individuals I know in the industry, friends of mine even, uh, one posted something about how he was taking a class where revolvers were used, and he commented about how many of those revolvers failed at some point during the class, like and actually like broke. Um and then this other friend of mine posted, uh, presumably because he saw the other person's post, and I know that he's a bit of a revolver lover and believer and carrier, uh, and also very well experienced. And both these individuals are very experienced. Uh, anyway, he posted his own like kind of input and said, "No, that's you know, like here's the thing. 
you know, and actually, let me, let me give you kind of the rundown. So in the case of this training course where all these revolvers were being used, is very similar to a lot of training courses. Like, actually, uh, tomorrow I travel to go take a class with uh, Mike Sieklander and Rob Latham. And over three days, there will be 1,500 rounds fi- uh, fired, right? That's a lot. It's 500 a day. Uh, so, you know, uh, you're going to put a gun through its paces shooting that kind of volume. And you're typically, I mean, you're typically not, you know, like cleaning it all that often. You're, you're certainly not cleaning it more than once a day. Well, maybe some people are. Or maybe they're taking break during lunch and actually cleaning their gun. I don't know. I don't. In fact, rarely or even over a three-day co- course do I even clean my gun. <laughs> I just keep adding lube. Because, I mean, we've talked about this before. Lubrication is far more important than cleanliness when it comes to a gun. Uh, at least that's been my experience, and I think that's pretty much true. Um, so, you know, it's a high-volume course. And so this was a training course where revolvers are being used and a lot of rounds being fired in a single day, and revolvers were going down. The other person's response was, well, here's the thing. Revolvers may not be basic. Let me, let me kind of, and I might get something kind of wrong here, but I'm just trying to summarize it in a way that makes sense. Basically, shooting revolvers 300, 400, 500 rounds in a day without like at some point doing some inter- intermediate, you know, uh, maintenance, cleaning, lubrication, that sort of thing. Not mo- many revolvers are not ideal for that kind of volume of fire, you know, in that kind of short of a window. And so his point was, look, I carry a revolver that I know is going to work in the first six, 12, 18 shots. You know, like if I had, if I had to, if I was in a, even a pro on gunfight with my revolver, which does not sound like a very fun idea to me, <laughs> uh, mostly because I suck at revolver at re- reloading revolvers very quickly. I do know there's people out there who can do it very well and darn near as fast. I'm sorry, you, you can pretty much not ever be fat, as fast as reloading a semi-auto because even a person that can reload a revolver as fast as most other people can reload semi-autos probably means they can still just reload a semi-auto faster. <laughs> there's less <laughs> right. steps, you know, less things in the way, you know, like there's just no way you reload a revolver faster than a semi-automatic, right? And you typically have more rounds in a single reload. Uh, than you would with a revolver. So anyway, but even if you were in a prolonged gunfight, like you're not shooting more than probably honestly two, you know, or one reload, like two full loads in your revolver, right? So like it's either a five shot or probably a six shot. Some guys might carry a seven or even an eight shot, but they're probably not carrying those really, you know, concealed because the cylinders are pretty big. But uh, so you see the point. So like one is basically saying, hey, to all the people that say revolvers are reliable, we had three or four out of, or actually it might've been five. It was, it was a substantial number of revolvers out of 18 that were involved in this class that basically broke, mm-hmm. had problems. Um, and the other person is saying, well, that's not what we really use our revolvers for. Like it's good to get in those classes and to shoot and do high volume. But the reality is, is you're not, you know, it's not something that's, it's probably going to work. It's 99.9999% likely going to work. If it's a well-maintained gun in the first, you know, six to 12 shots. Right. And, and so kind of implying that the reason some of these revolvers may have failed in this class is because uh, 
it's just not a common thing that people run 300, 400, 500 rounds in a day, the revolver. And so, yeah. But here's the thing. Um, here's what I can tell you. Revolvers are, um, they are, I think, inherently, because of the way they operate, more reliable than semi-automatics in that they're not cycling ammunition, right? They're cycling a cylinder. All that has to happen is a cylinder needs to turn at the right times and stop at the right places and line up perfectly with the bore, and then a hammer smacks the primer. Okay, so that's all that needs to happen. That's actually all pretty important stuff. It has to be pretty precise, but revolvers generally work pretty well in that regard. The problem is, is that when they do break, they really break. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like e- either the hand that's responsible for spinning the cylinder breaks, stops actually being able to spin it, or the and, and a sc- slightly scarier one, the cylinder stop is that little, you know, gizmo that actually stops the cylinder as it's spinning in the exact uh, precise location so that the cylinder is lined up with the, with the barrel. Uh, that can break too. And actually some, I've seen that where it like comes up too early and it just like locks up the cylinder before the cylinder gets in place, you know, that sort of thing. And so there's things that can happen when they, ha- and when they do happen, they quite often mean, it's going to the gunsmith. You are not fixing it on the fly in the middle of this gunfight. It's not happening. So, yeah. Anyway, so Matthew, I've been going for a minute here, but uh, what's your take on all of this? Like, where where would where would you begin in this uh, debate, if you will? Yeah, I think this is a good set, uh, good follow up from last week where we talked about three eighty ammunition. We got some people riled up, but here's the thing: like, I. I I understand both sides of the argument and I think we're arguing two different things. Like one, one, one group is saying, you know, revolvers are reliable in a certain number of rounds in, in the context of a self-defense shooting where the typical self-defense encounters three rounds, three yards, three seconds. So they say, you know, yes, a, a revolver is just as reliable uh, as, as a semi-auto. But then if we look at it as a, as a larger, you know, umbrella and say, okay, how do we, how do we train with these guns and what is the maintenance and, and is it difficult to maintain these guns or keep them, you know, running, then it becomes an argument that, or, or a difference of opinion as, as to how much effort do I need to put into this gun to keep it running? And I think that's where the semi-automatic handgun it has its, you know, it, it comes into benefit outside of, you know, capacity and those types of things is just the average semi-auto, you pick up a Glock or, you know, a SIG or a Smith & Wesson and you run the gun and you just continue to shoot thousands and thousands of rounds through it. You're not as likely to encounter as many malfunctions or problems as you would with the revolver. I mean, it, it you know, so there are benefits of having a revolver. I think I've seen some people um, go to a revolver that have, you know, maybe reduced hand strength. And so maybe they can cock the hammer back and, and, and it helps them or um, for them physically manipulating the handgun is a little bit easier with the revolver. They're not racking a slide and things like that. So there are some, you know, benefits to a revolver. Um, but yeah, it I, I've had I've shot revolvers and sometimes even like the timing of it gets out of whack where the the reset of the trigger kind of 
you know, catches, a, it, it doesn't reset exactly when the cylinder is set and then you have to let it out and then pull it. It's almost like short stroking. It feels like, you know, when you're short stroking a semi-auto trigger. Um, so there are things that, that, you know, can affect a revolver's operation and cause it to not, not work smoothly. And so I think um, the, my big takeaway from, from that would be to not just get a revolver and say, well, they, they don't, they don't ever, you know, malfunction. So I'm good to go. I can shoot it. I don't have to clean it. You know, Mm -hmm. it's good to go. And that's, I think the dangerous part, I think by saying that they're so reliable and that it kind of sets the user up to say, well, I don't have to do anything with it. And then they find out that they do have to do something with it to keep it running. Yep. Yeah, and I agree with that, by the way. And actually, I think when Glocks first came out, uh, (laughs) there was kind of this, and I'm sure Glock, the company, never said anything like this, but somehow these sort of like rumors get started where you'd hear police officers. I've heard it from from police officers even, uh, you know, where, well, just carry a Glock because, you know, you never really need to do anything to it. You never really need to maintain it or clean it or anything like that, right? And and so people get set up for failure and that, well, I've got this Glock. Like, I don't have to do anything to this. It's always going to go bang, 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 bang. And it does to a point. And then eventually it, it probably will, you know, break and shut down on you. Uh, and so, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a very, I think, valid point that you mentioned, Matthew, about uh, many propo- proponents or people that mention revolvers as an option for gun choice, for concealed carry or whatever personal defense reasons uh that hey you know it's really like idiot proof you know just right. load it and it should go bang well it will until it doesn't and it <laughs> won't you know or and it, and it and it will get to that point where it'll stop functioning if it's not properly maintained and not you know in all honesty the maintenance i think on a revolver is of a higher like level like you you really i think need to know uh what you're doing with a revolver more than you even do with a semi-automatic for the most part and so i and and truth be known like i actually so a lot of times i mean tell me what you think about this matthew have you have you heard anybody say something like you know somebody's in a forum or a group or something and they're like hey i you know i just getting into shooting i don't really know much i'm not very good with guns like, what would you recommend? You know, like, what what, sh- what should right. I get for my first gun? What should I get for my carry gun? And and also to that point, uh, sometimes you'll hear you know women asking questions like that, like, what should I carry? And and this is, by the way, I I think it's a shameful response, but I've heard it. Well, I'll just get a revolver. You know, it's you know, just all you got to do is load it and just pull the trigger. Like you don't have to rack the slide. Like you know, it's it's a common thing actually that a lot of I was standing in a gun sh- a gun shop where the gun shop owner told that to a woman as I was standing right there in the store. She's like, I'm looking for something to put in my purse. And he's like, oh, here's what you need, pretty little lady. It's a 38 Special Revolver, you know, with a pink handle. You know, like, what do you think about that kind of advice? Yeah, I think that's what sets – that's the problem right there is that – without any sort of understanding of the revolver and somebody just saying, okay, well, here's a revolver because it's really easy to use. And, 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 and that's true. And, and here's a revolver because they're reliable. And that's also true to a certain point, right? Um, just throw it in your purse and you'll be good to go where 
it, it, it kind of sets them up to say like, you don't want this gun because it's so difficult. You won't be able to understand it. There's so much complexity to it. So stay away from the semi-autos, get this. And then they, they don't go the step further and say, but here with this revolver, you do have to make sure that, you know, you're, you're cleaning, uh, you have five cylinders or six cylinders now, or six chambers, not cylinders, chambers now that you have to clean, right? Like mm -hmm. you have to make sure that these are all not, not damaged or there's no pitting and, and things like that. And you have to make sure that you know these screws right here and here you have to take off your grip and make sure these screws aren't backing out because after a long time of shooting these screws might tend to loosen up right and if they get to a certain point fall out or it can impinge you know the cylinder from moving so these are the things you need to check whereas on the semi-automatic you mostly just take it apart you field strip it you clean it lube it put it back together this requires this this and this i think if the gun, the, the gun, you know, the gun, the guy at the shop says, this is what you have to do um, to keep your revolver running, but it's easy. You know, you can do it and it's not difficult. You can, you can definitely do it on your own. Um, I think that it's, it, it gives that person a little bit more understanding of what they're getting involved in. Um, you know, I, I, I think also it, it's similar. Remember we talked, I know last week about, how when we get the smaller, smaller semi-automatics, they're inherently more uh, problems, right? Because the tolerances are so tight and they're trying to do so much with such a little package. And I think sometimes we think, well, police carried revolvers for a long time, but most of these revolvers, police issued revolvers, weren't like the concealed carry, you know, two inch or one and a half inch barrel revolvers they were you know four inch revolvers on a medium sized frame so i think also when we try to shoot defensive loads in these very small uh revolvers it can also further you know increase those you know pins from moving out or screws from backing out and things like that so i i just think it, it there, there, there is a level of knowledge you have to know about your firearm. And if you're a semi-auto owner and you pick up a revolver, they're not the same. You don't lube them the same. You don't clean them the same. So you have to understand the difference. And I think the education is not there nowadays as it was when revolvers were the thing. Everybody probably mm -hmm. knew that, but now they don't. And so a lot of yep. people pick up a revolver and they just don't know. Yep. Yep. Um, Here's the thing. So I'm seeing actually some comments online here from viewers, you know, asking several times, like, in fact, uh, maintenance on a revolver, like, really, they need a ton of maintenance, like a couple of you are asking about that. Uh, yeah, actually, that's, a, that's exactly our point that, that there's this, there's this uh, common uh, idea out there. I see it so often that people can just like, there's not a whole lot you need to do to revolver. Well, how about this? The revolving cylinder itself spins around a shaft that like that can get that get it gets dirty and it has to be occasionally taken apart to the point where you can clean all of that. Like it's not something that well, it depends on the design of the revolver, but like in the case of one of my revolvers, you got you have to actually remove a screw that allows a detent to pop out, then you can take that whole assembly apart and pull the cylinder off that shaft and you can actually clean it and then lubricate it and then put it back all together again. You know, it's it's not the same thing as my semi-automatic where I just pull a couple of pins or flip a switch and then it comes apart and then I pull a spring and a barrel out and then I scrub everything down and put it back together again. 
granted, it's kind of like the same level of maintenance maybe as like having to occasionally clean out uh, a firing pin striker channel or something like that, sort of. But, you know, a lot of people don't know how to do that kind of stuff either. But not not really. I mean, like shooting a revolver, it, there's things that will get dirty and they get dirty a little bit quicker than maybe, you know, some other things that you're accustomed to on a, uh, on a semi-automatic. I mean, think about this, you shoot a revolver and the round lead, you know, it, it, it leaves the, the casing passes partway through, uh, the, the cylinder chamber. Okay. The whatever chamber that particular rounds in, it then jumps over this gap, <laughs> right? There's a s- small space between that cylinder and the barrel and there's gases right from from the burning powder and everything that also escape that so basically what happens when you're shooting a revolver is you get little microscopic debris dirt grime uh unburnt powder uh and just just soot basically everywhere around you know that kind of front portion of the cylinder on the revolver and that a lot of that's going to go right into that that spindle that that cylinder sits on, mm-hmm. right? You know, so that's that's my point is that there's certain things that you got to take apart occasionally and clean. You know that you might not think about that revolver shooters sometimes you know or owners may not really think about, and they may not even shoot the revolvers often enough to ever even get to a point where all of a sudden, boy, that cylinder feels kind of sticky. Like what's going on here? You know, how come this isn't working as good as it? used to. Here's the other thing. Um, you should be familiar with, at least on a basic level, you should be able to check the timing of your revolver. And what is the timing? Well, the timing is it's a very precise action that's occurring as the hand spins that cylinder and the cylinder spins, rotates, right? And then that cylinder stop comes up and goes into that little notch on the cylinder and stops it just at that precise point and everything's got to be, you know, it's got to be in time. That's what the timing of the revolver is all about. And not only that, but you should also be familiar with checking for play in the cylinder, particularly when it's locked. Uh, because if there's a lot of play, then you may be getting, I mean, <laughs> number one, it'll start to affect accuracy. Like imagine this, imagine that the cylinder uh, or the chamber is not quite perfectly aligned with the barrel when it fires. So every time you're shooting, it might be shaving a little piece of the bullet off. And that may actually cause those bullets to keyhole. Mm-hmm. And you'll, you'll, you'll see accuracy suffer dramatically. How about this? Maybe you shoot uh, lead bullets through your revolver. We don't really shoot a lot of lead bullets, you know, pure lead, you know, non-jacketed bullets through our semi-autos. Uh, for a variety of reasons, but uh, but a lot of people will shoot lead bullets in their revolvers. Lead bullets leads to lead fouling. How many of you know that you need to clean that fouling, that lead, those lead deposits out of the rifling and out of the 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 barrel of your gun? Like so, there's 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 there is maintenance involved in a revolver, and there's maintenance that goes above and beyond your basic NRA pistol course where they kind of like, well, here's your basic cleaning and, you know, operation of your gun. Things that just aren't covered sometimes in some of those courses. So, yep, there's maintenance involved. And if you put that maintenance aside, you're setting yourself up for failure. 
Yeah, for sure. And and I like a couple of the comments. Uh, Jenny made a couple of comments and she obviously understands revolvers because she says, you know, cleaning her revolvers is takes about the same amount of time as uh, as a semi-automatic. And I, I don't think that that's wrong. I, I totally agree with that. The difference is she knows how, you know, you know how to clean the revolver, but your average person um, probably doesn't. And, you know, I know that they come with manuals and everybody, you know, has access to YouTube and all that stuff. But when I, and I think it goes back to that, when you're told that, hey, just get this because you don't have to worry about it, then people don't bother to look at their manual. They don't bother to understand. Um, And, you know, some of those, some of those uh, malfunctions that occur in, in revolvers end up, you know, you mentioned this being sort of catastrophic where the gun just won't, you cannot clear the malfunction, right? It's not like a spo- stove pipe. Um, it's not like a double feed or something that in a semi-auto where you can, you can clear those things. It's um, sometimes, you know, under that extractor star will get kind of fouled up and it seizes the the cylinder up and you, it's mm. just, there's nothing you can do, right? Or maybe your uh, your ejector rod loosens up and, and moves to a position where it's blocking the cylinder. So, um, yeah, there are times where that cylinder, you know, just will not operate. And so you cannot clear it. Yep. And uh, so I think those types of malfunctions concern me more than the 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 argument that, well, a semi-automatic might get a double feed or might get a stovepipe. That's totally true. And obviously it's true that uh, revolvers wouldn't, right? But the types of malfunctions that occur with with revolvers, I think, can be more more catastrophic or more, you know, totally debilitating to that firearm. So, um, you know, there's something in that as well to, to understand. And, and I mentioned this to you before we started, I think this argument is similar and goes down the same kind of path as, um, like a, a striker fired, uh, semi-auto, you know, versus your 1911, because, it's sort of the same types of things crop up with 1911s where you have to keep them clean. You have to maintain them. They're a little bit different than, you know, your, your tactical Tupperware or whatever you want to call it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're, they're very reliable guns there, but like a revolver, you kind of have to understand what's going on with your 1911 a little bit more in depth than picking up, you know, your, your shield and, and going and busting it down and cleaning it and putting it back together. Yeah. No, and I agree with you on that point. And in fact, kind of to what I was saying earlier, it used to be that I kind of thought of a revolver as a simpler firearm and almost like, I mean, at one time I was kind of in that trap of, eh, it's it's more appropriate maybe for some beginners. But actually I've kind of got to a point, the more I've learned uh, about guns and about revolvers as well, is that actually I think it's kind of the opposite, that a revolver, particularly for a serious you know, like I mean, if this is something you're carrying for personal defense. Well, then you're you're serious about the purpose of that gun, and that gun needs to work. So you're a serious shooter. In other words, you may not be a. I'm not using that serious shooter phrase as to mean like you're necessarily someone that's shooting a lot and the high volume and that sort of thing. But you're carrying a gun for a serious purpose, and well, it need, you need to know. You need to be familiar, intimately familiar with that gun and how it works, how it operates. Know that it's going to work. And in the case of a revolver, I think it's not—it's not a beginner's gun. I also think a 1911 is not a beginner's gun. I think a simple polymer-framed striker-fired gun 
is a beginner's gun. Now, I'm not taking this from the approach of one is over another necessarily in terms of like safety or safety of operation or ease of operation even, but more just from a, there's things that you don't, you don't know what you don't know about some of these guns sometimes. And some of these guns have things that you probably should know about, but they're more specialized knowledge. Like a 1911 can be a great gun. They can be very reliable in the hands of someone that really knows how to take care of them and maintain them and knows what to look for and knows what to check for to make sure that it continues to operate very reliably. And that's essentially what I'm saying with the revolvers is that it's very similar in that regard because an experienced revolver owner will begin to recognize the signs of when things are starting to break or, or, or requiring some kind of maintenance. And in a semi-automatic, yeah, there's some things that are similar to that regard, but, uh, but honestly, especially like in the case of a Glock, or a 320 or an, uh, an MMP, Smith & Wesson, you know, uh, a semi-auto, uh, polymer-framed, striker-fired gun, keep it lubed, reasonably clean. They pretty much will run, 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 run. Eventually, all things break down. But usually the things we have to replace in a striker-fired gun is maybe an extractor hmm. uh, and, and, and a recoil spring. And yeah, probably. extractor spring. Like... And it actually, yeah, I mean, like it's, it's not, and those things are not hard to do. They don't require a whole lot of specialized knowledge. You can follow some simple, really, really simple steps and and do it. And and you, and it's actually not that hard to learn the signs of what to look for. You start having extraction problems. You probably have a worn out extractor. <laughs> you know, so, uh, but you might start having problems with a revolver and not even know you're having problems. And that's that's the thing. Like, there's maybe not even really any warning signs. It's just like one day it's good, the next day it's broken. In the case of semi-automatic, well, once every every once in a while, I get a failure to extract. I get a stovepipe. I get a this or a that. Well, you start to get some warning signs. So that you see that you see the difference there. So, um, Jenny is not liking what we have to say today. That's okay. She says 1911, not a beginner gun. Uh, Jenny, you are a special individual. You learned how to clean and break one down when you were seven. Um, but uh, but I will stand by 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 what I'm saying on the, in this regard. Um, there's a lot more things that can go wrong in some of those more classically designed firearms. So, um, okay, so. One other thing, I had another thought here, and I got distracted by the comments. I'm not going to look at the comments. I'm ignoring <laughs> you, people. Uh, so. I'll, I'll watch them. You can you can focus on your your thoughts. I'll, I'll watch the comments. <laughs> uh, actually, recently, uh, our managing editor on ConcealedCarry.com uh, wrote an article called "The Problem with Revolvers for Concealed Carry." And uh, you you might be interested in going and reading that article, uh, and of course, uh, leaving some comments. There's some some conversations or comments here below in the article. Um, and actually one of the things that uh, Josh talks about is just about, you know, kind of the obvious thing a lot of people think about is limited ammunition, right? That's kind of a, a like pretty much everybody knows. I mean, like the gun I have on me right now carries double or even actually more than double your typical concealed carry J frame sized revolver. You know, I've got a P365 XL, which has got 13 rounds in it right now. So, you know, 
some some will say, well, I, it's not likely they'll need all those rounds. Oh, maybe, maybe not. Um, but I'll say this much. If I do need more than five rounds, I will not have to do a reload. And the, probably the probably the average shooter where it comes to reloads with a semi-automatic. Okay, keep in mind, I'm talking about semi-automatic. And the average reload time for a lot of shooters is probably in the three-second range. And a reload on a revolver is probably not any faster than that, right? That's a long time. That's a long time in a gunfight. In fact, it took you less than than three seconds probably to fire those five rounds by far, right? So that gives you an idea that in that same amount of time that you are trying to reload your revolver, uh, if it comes to that point, again, Likely or not, I don't know. That could be debated. And we've talked about that sort of thing before. And we have certainly shared in our justified segments on the podcast, you know, many times there were instances of more than five rounds were, were likely involved. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I like to hope for the best, but definitely plan for the worst. And I don't carry a revolver as a primary gun. I mean, have I carried it? Yeah, sure. Here and there. But it's not the the thing I, it's not my go-to if that makes sense. Right. Uh, and this is a big reason why, because imagine you do get to that dreaded, Oh shoot, I need to reload this thing. Well, in that time frame, it takes you to reload it. Your adversary can shoot a lot of bullets your way. So you're doing that reload under pressure, under flying lead coming past your face. Or maybe yeah, hitting and, you, right? So, I no, I would I would just add in uh, as far as like the reloads and everything. And there's a couple comments that come up. Um, Mark's made a good comment. He said um, about moon clips and speed loaders and things like that have been talking about. And yeah, you can certainly carry those. Um, I've even seen um, Neomag makes a I think it's the RASC where. Um, it keep it, it is a sort of like a speed strip for a revolver. And that is a good thing because if you have used a revolver and you do carry um, like speed low, a speed reloader or moon clips, you know that carrying those is not as easy as carrying a magazine, right? They're, they're, they're rounded. So, you know, it's not as easy as putting a magazine in your, in your pants pocket. Right. Um, but the Neomag people made one that, w- that is, is, uh, pretty legit. Um, so yeah, I, I agree. There, there are definitely ways you can carry spare ammunition, um, with a revolver. I think it's not as easy, um, to carry it. It's more bulky, I think with a, with a, uh, you know, speed reloader or whatnot, but, um, yeah, th- those are good comments. And, you know, you guys obviously know your, know your guns and, 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 uh, revolvers and things like that. I, I, um, I also saw a comment from Bobby that I wanted to 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 talk about, and he says um, it's like everything else; it all comes down to personal preference and experience. And I think that's partially right. I think that I I, I agree with that, and and I would dovetail that into what um, Jenny was saying, and focus on the experience part. Like, yeah, we could all get a personal preference and say I prefer this gun versus that gun, but where's your experience lie? And if your experience is in semi-autos and you have a revolver, 
then you're not going to, that revolver is not going to run to peak performance. And if you, you know, if you have a 1911 and you have, you've never owned one before and you don't know how to maintain it, then you're probably not going to run that 1911 very well. And like that come through a lot of your classes, I'm sure Riley as well. Um, 1911s sometimes go down because the people just don't, they don't maintain it correctly. They, they're, they're not as in tune with how to keep that gun functioning where you can put a, you know, tactical Tupperware or something in somebody's hand and, and just have them continue to shoot. Um, even if it gets dirty and you will have less malfunction. So I think I agree with you, Bobby, it does come down to personal preference, but the experience part is also very important. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, this is a th- common thing that's thrown around in our community by community, you know, the firearms community uh that well you know personal preference and experience well okay sure you know of course we all want to carry and shoot what we prefer and whatever it is that we get the most experience on but the things we're talking about today are i mean are they're just facts as far as this is how things work and this is how things are different and it's just pointing out like there's pros and cons to both sides and as i see it there's more cons to carrying a revolver for personal defense and there are pros i mean when you're comparing it to some automatic um but there are people that prefer a revolver but here's the thing i, th- I think let's get back to the original premise of this episode and because i think this is a really important fact you know one of the pretty much the reason people will say i carry a revolver instead of a semi-automatic is because of this reliability you know reason right it's you ask somebody, well, why do you carry that? Because it's more reliable. Because I know it'll go bang. Like you, you hear all these like common phrases that people use when they're talking about revolvers to describe them. And really, if the point that I was trying to get with this episode today is that revolvers, generally speaking, are more reliable. It, it, it's apples and oranges, right? They they work completely differently from semi-automatic. And the number one big difference is that the semi-automatic is cycling ammunition. And the shortcoming there is that the ammunition can sometimes not cycle, gets hung up somewhere in that process. And in the case of a revolver, it's not the ammunition that's cycling, it's the revolver itself that's cycling. Literally, a cylinder is cycling. And so you have that, you know, you're you're eliminating that uh, variable of the ammunition causing some sort of problem or failing somewhere. And there's also that bonus in the revolver that if you do have like, say a bad primer, you just press the trigger again and it rotates and gets that one out of the way. And the next one's ready to go. Whereas in a semi-automatic, we do have a, what's called an immediate after uh, or immediate action drill, you know, an IAD, uh, you got to actually tap rack or, you know, that sort of thing. Right. So, so again, there are pros and cons, but again, most people justify carrying a revolver because it's just simply, and they give you the impression that it's 100% reliable. And the point of today's episode is that it's not a given that they're 100% reliable. They oftentimes are, but do they break? Yes. In fact, I have a revolver right now that is down and uh, I actually had a screw come loose. And this is something that I think you may have mentioned something about screws. I don't remember. But uh, a lot of times with revolvers, holding it up to the camera now probably won't focus very good but little tiny screw there little tiny guy um and, and the reason this is down is i was shooting the revolver and i didn't notice the screw worked itself loose and it came out 
And miraculously, I found the screw and the little detent that goes along with it, but not the spring. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that screw came out and all of a sudden I have a revolver that doesn't function like it's supposed to. And I couldn't put it back together again because I do not have a spare one of those springs. So I need to I need to get it ordered. So, you know, things do break and things do fail. Uh, it doesn't matter the gun you choose. Everything has the potential of failure. They're all mechanical devices. And so what we do is we end up making choices based on what's an acceptable level of risk for us personally and also maybe based around, well, if this happens, then I do this. And again, for me, it comes down to I generally have a lot of faith in my revolvers but at the same time, I know if something breaks, it's probably really broken. And there's not anything I could do in that gunfight to get it back again. And so if I'm carrying a revolver as a primary, I might be carrying a second one as a backup or even like a semi-automatic as a backup, like a LCP or something. You know what I mean? Right. Whereas in the case of a semi-automatic uh, you know, primary carry gun, well... Could something break catastrophically and make that thing not work at all? Yeah, that could. But the most likely thing to not go right is that it has a, a, a some kind of feeding or extraction reliability concern. And so we, sh- we should be shooting our guns to a point where we generally learn that this thing's pretty reliable based on this ammunition that I'm using in it and you know, based on a large sample size of I've shot thousands and thousands of rounds and I'm maintaining it and I'm replacing recoil springs uh, when I'm supposed to and I'm re- replacing extractors when I'm supposed to. By the way, just as a, like a general rule of thumb, since I mentioned extractors again for the second time, uh, just as a general rule of thumb, I recommend that you replace uh, recoil spring assemblies or guide rod or not necessarily guide rods, but at least at the very least, sometimes you have recoil springs and guide rods, right? And so you only have to replace a recoil spring. Sometimes you have that recoil spring assembly and the whole assembly has to be replaced, right? Um, it can vary based on, on caliber, but generally with most modern firearms, if you replace them at least every 5,000 rounds, you're probably okay. Some small micro compacts like a 365, they actually recommend replacing every 2,500, mm-hmm. but the gun will probably still run. No problem up to 5,000 rounds. My point is, if you replace recoil springs at least every 5,000 rounds, you're probably okay. And then if you replace extractors and extractor springs every 10 to 15,000 rounds, you're probably okay. Probably. Obviously, there's no guarantees. But just as a general rule of thumb, and those are the two things that you should somewhat regularly replace on semi-automatic handguns. And if you do that, it's probably functioning dang near 100% for you all the time. And then oh, and then the third thing would be, and people overlook this with the semi-automatics, is magazines slash magazine springs, mm-hmm. right? I don't know if I've ever actually replaced magazine spring. I, I just like replace mags. <laughs> just, it's like, well, I can order a spring or I could just order a new mag. It, it, it probably depends on the mag, actually, because some mags are a lot more expensive than others. I just haven't gotten to a point where I've had to actually completely trash and throw away a magazine for my handguns anyway. I have thrown away AR mags before. but Yeah, they, those are more touchy, I think. So, yeah, I think it's all, it comes down to knowing your equipment and understanding it, knowing how to take care of it, 
but don't lie to yourself. So don't fall for this trap of, well, what you need is a revolver because it works 100% of the time. <laughs> I I have to uh, give the the best comment of the day, I think. <laughs> Let me find it here. Um, yes. Ben Giles. See, Mark, Riley is the one with a loose screw. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I'm holding it right here. Did not come out of my brain, but yeah, anyway. So, um, there's probably other stuff we talk about here, but I hope people get the gist, and uh, that's pretty much all I have for today. What about you? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think, um, you know, we just have to make sure that whatever whatever platform you're using, whether it's a revolver, a 1911, a, a single action, you know, cowboy revolver and a drop leg holster, you know, whatever you're carrying, make sure that you understand how to maintain that gun and, and, and the, you know, the, the things that can go wrong specifically with that type of firearm, how to maintain it, how to keep it running, um, what the best practice is for that. And, um, and, you know, you make your decision based on, on your needs and, and, and what works for you. Um, but don't fall into the trap of just saying revolvers never fail because they do. Yep. Yep. They do. So there you have it. That's today's episode and today's discussion. We do need to do one thing though, before we let people go, mm. I should have announced this at the beginning just to make sure people st- date around but uh we've got to announce a winner of our podcast giveaway yes we do yeah we do and this week we are giving away a month free of laser x one month of laser x and i am going to click a button which will pick at random one lucky winner so matthew duplicate for us please the machine gun (laughs) drum roll well, I can't. I, I can do a regular drum roll with one hand. I'll try. No, you're you're supposed to go back to your like grade school days when you're a little kid, and you you played you know army or GI Joes or something, and you. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, uh, yeah. Okay, here we go. Ready. It's a malfunction. Wow, yeah. It's a uh, malfunctioning Mondeuse. That, that's. <laughs> <laughs> it died. <laughs> uh, Glenn F is the lucky winner. Glenn F. Last name starts with F, as in Fred. But his last name is not Fred. His first name is Glenn. Glenn F. Congratulations, Glenn. We will email you and contact you and uh, hook you up with. Your one month free of Laser X. Hope that Glenn enjoys and that it is an aid to him in his dry fire practice and becoming a better shooter. Awesome. Very excited for Glenn. Congrats, Glenn, for winning. Now, next week's giveaway, or actually it's it's current already, but it'll be announced next week as far as the winner. Uh, right now we have the giveaway going, so make sure you head on over to concealedcarry.com forward slash podcast prize to sign up. And we're giving away a Flight 93 commemorative hat from 511. Oh, and I had mine on last week. It's actually, I mean, the official name really should be, it's it's a never forget hat. And it has, I'm not sure which side it's on. I'm wearing another variation of the hat. And I only have one of these. 
I think it's on this side. The logo's on there. Uh, And it's a logo that represents the Pentagon, the Twin Towers, and Flight 93 that went down in Pennsylvania. So the three planes that uh, crashed, well, four planes crashed, right? But three sites. Uh, So we're giving a giveaway one of those never forget hats. And we still have some left after we did a giveaway at the USCCA Expo earlier this year. We sent some to our Guardian Nation members and we have some left. So we're going to give away one of these hats to a lucky winner. So make sure you sign up at concealedcarry.com forward slash podcast prize. So guys, thanks for watching or listening to this episode today. We appreciate you. Um, Again, I'll be hitting the road Actually, I don't remember if I mentioned this in the pre-show or during the show, but I'm hitting the road tomorrow for training with Mike Seeklander and Rob Latham. I'm super excited to go through their bigger circle class, and uh, but I got to drive through like a snowstorm to get there. I'm I'm driving there. It's it's uh, about a day's drive away from the home base here, so wish me luck. Yeah, you, I'm jealous, but at the same time, I know you you got a lot to do. So, yeah, Matthew, you got anything exciting? I'm not an exciting dude. I got physical therapy. That's that's my whole my whole goal right now. Uh, Mark says, "Great episode." Aside from the revolver hate, uh, no hate here, brother. Just <laughs> speaking the truth. <laughs> I lo- you know what? I actually stopped by a gun shop recently, and I I, I love looking at revolvers. And I I saw one that I'm like, mm, I might like to buy that one. Don't really have the money for it right now, but it 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 tempted me. And if I go back there and it's still there, it will tempt me again. I think it was a Smith & Wesson uh, 29. Uh, maybe it was a 19. Is it a 29 or a 19? Either way, they're both they're both fine revolvers. So we'll see. Will it tempt me again? <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks so much. Take care. Be safe. Have a great rest of your week since you will probably not hear from me again. Not entirely certain what's going to happen with Thursday, which should be tomorrow's episode, but uh, uh, we may be publishing something that's pre-recorded, or perhaps Matthew and Jacob will be back on. We'll let them work it out. Right. So with that, a reminder to train right, train often, and train safe so you can fight hard, fight fast, and fight true. Take care. that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand applicable laws. The Concealed Carry Podcast, Concealed Carry Inc., ConcealedCarry.com, and their affiliates strive to share insights and stories about firearm-related incidents and laws, but things could be different where you live, or laws may have changed by the time you listen to this. We cannot be held liable for your actions based on the information shared in this podcast.